This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us his 
But it was for His loving care I prayed for most of all. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We await the coming of Christ. We will make our hearts holy temples to receive him. We await the coming of Christ. We rejoice, we wait. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM, and it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Well, this busy time of year, next Sunday on the 24th, we'll have Christmas Eve services at Trinity Lutheran at 9.30 in the morning and at Trinity again in the evening at 4.30. And then on Christmas Day, we will have services at Little Falls at 9.30. Again, we'd love to celebrate with you this time of year with the birth of Christ. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. Again, you might want to prepare a worship space, lay a cloth down, and have a candle and a cross, and uh, have the Bibles available, and we will be celebrating communion again. So if you want to get grape juice or wine and a wafer or bread. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God and to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. We confess our sins before God and one another. Ever-present God, we come before you in need of grace. Too often our thoughts are judgmental and condemning of others. Too often our words are sarcastic or harsh, as harmful as weapons. Too often our actions are motivated by selfishness and we do not recognize the hurt or need in others. Forgive us, O God, and draw us back into right relationship with you, our neighbors, and your creation. 
The promise is sure. Christ's advent is near, and in Christ we are all forgiven our sin. Know that we, you are a beloved child of God, and be strengthened in all goodness. Amen. Now let's join with us on our gathering songs. How long has it been since you talked with the Lord and told him your heart's hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone through? How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart knew no burden? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? How long has it been since you knelt by your bed and prayed to the Lord up in heaven? How long since you knew that he'd answer you and would keep you the long night through. How long has it been since you woke with the dawn and felt that the day's worth the living? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? Can you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? Lord, who cares? 
daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. When my feeble life is o'er, Guide me gently, safely o'er to thy kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. We continue with the morning litany. The temple is rebuilt. The temple is rebuilt. It's just amazing. It's just not the same. We've never seen anything like it. We've seen it as it was, and we have mourned its loss. Can't you be help, happy that it's been restored? Yes, but sadness will linger. It's normal to have mixed feelings about many things in life. Let us always honor the past, yet remember to enjoy the present. We continue with the prayer of the day. Gracious God, as creator of all that is, you lay the foundation of our faith. Help us to build on that foundation through your holy word and meal this day and always. Amen. Again, I would encourage you to share the sign of peace where you bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We turn to the scriptures and invite Steve to share those and the children's sermon. The first reading is taken from Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 through 4, 3 verses 1 through 4, 10 and 13. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that the, world, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King of Cyrus of Persia, so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom, and also in a written edict declared. Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdom of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem in Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And let all survivors in whatever place they reside be assisted by the people of their place with silver and gold 
with goods and with animals, besides freewill offerings for the house of God in Jerusalem. When the seventh month came and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, son of Josudak, with his fellow priests, Zerubbabel and Shealtiel, with his kin, set out to build the altar of the God of Israel. No offer burnt offerings, but on it, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation, because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples. And they offered burnt offerings upon it to the Lord, morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths, as prescribed, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the ordinance, as required for each day. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. We're getting closer to Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus, our Savior. Let's review the season of Advent. Advent means we're in waiting for something great. We're getting ready. What is it we're getting, what we're waiting for? What are we, what are we all excited about? That's right, the birth of Jesus. The circular wreath symbolizes God's never-ending love for us. The evergreen symbolize everlasting life. It is green even in the dead of winter. The lit candles shine light into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Remember the song, This Little Light of Mine? We talked about the first candle, the prophet's candle, symbolizing hope that we are hopeful that Jesus will save the world from sin. The second candle is the Bethlehem candle. It symbolizes peace. We remember Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Jesus will bring peace to the world. Today we talk about the third candle, the shepherd's candle. It symbolizes joy. Now this candle's different. It's not purple, it's pink. It tells us to rejoice because Jesus' birth is near. In the old days, priests would wear pink with parents that were expecting a child. This is part of the reason why it's pink. So this is the shepherd's candle. Let's think about that. Remember the shepherds in the field that night? What happened? A host of angels appeared to them, telling them of Jesus' birth. How do you think it made the shepherds feel seeing angels in the sky singing and talking to them? How would you have felt if you were tending a flock of sheep at night when the sky lit up with angels singing and talking to you? Wow, joy is the word. So what is it like to have joy? Joy comes from God's love for us no matter what. It is a gift from God that no matter what happens in life, he's got our back. Sometimes things are good and sometimes they're not so good. But in the end, 
His love and salvation will win. God's promise of the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life are never taken from us if we believe in him and that Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. No matter what, our soul will go to heaven. That is where the joy comes from. The world can be a crazy place. Lots of things can and do go right and wrong. It happens to us in our lives too. Sometimes big, sometimes small. Life is not perfect and it was never promised to be so. But our faith in God and Jesus helps us rise above the world and focus on the joy God has given us. It is our calling to spread this joy to others. So let's bow our heads and fold our hands for a short prayer. Dear God and Jesus, thank you for loving us no matter what. Help us to find joy during this Advent season as we celebrate Jesus' birth. There are people in the world that do not have or know this joy. Help us to introduce you, Jesus, and the joy we have to others that don't know you yet. In your name we pray, amen. The gospel is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 28. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Here ends the reading. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And in my heart I've got the love of Jesus love of Jesus down in my heart down in my heart down in my heart I've got the love of Jesus love of Jesus down in my heart down in my heart to stay and I'm so happy so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart in my heart I've got the love that has this understanding down in my heart down in my heart Where? down in my heart I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart Where? down in my heart to stay and I'm so happy so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart Yes, I'm so happy, so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart I've got the love of Jesus in my heart
Now may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. The theme for this week is interesting. The mixed feelings that come in so many of our situations. And so I'd like to read uh, again from the narrative uh, as they share, I think, some very good thoughts for us to uh, kind of wrap our heads around. And then I'll try to use some stories to help us remember that hope is there for us. The main idea of the text is we will always have to navigate a mixture of joy and sorrow. But because we know Jesus, we know that joy will always have the last word. While it is a relatively obscure to us in the Christian tradition, this decree given by King Cyrus is not only common knowledge in the Jewish tradition, but also incredibly significant. It is the very last verse of the entirety of the Jewish canon. This means that the final word, the central, defining idea of the Jewish tradition is that we need always to be looking to the future with hope. The author of Ezra reinforces that point through contrast. He highlights the fact that many people in the crowd in Jerusalem are not looking to the future, but rather to the past. These are people who knew the former temple in all its glory and find it impossible to celebrate a new foundation. They are convinced that their new reality will always feel diminished in comparison to their old one. They are in mourning, experiencing deep loss that the younger generation alongside them, alongside them cannot understand or relate to. That younger generation do not share the, these things. These are people who weep while others about with joy, or with others shout with joy. We can understand this tension from both perspectives. It's rare that any of us experience only positive things or only negative things, whether from hour to hour, day to day, week to week, or year to year. When it comes to defining any number of seasons in our lives, many of us are used to a mixed bag of emotions and opinions. Gaudet Sunday, the third Sunday in Advent, which translates roughly to Rejoice Sunday, is special because it is meant to bring our attention to the good things in that mixed bag. It is meant to encapsulate the happiness, excitement, and glee of this season of the anticipating Jesus. The candle for this Sunday is a rosy color, different from the others. The vestments we wear on this Sunday are distinct too, and that is to remind us that it's okay to pay our undivided, undivided attention to the joyful, and in this case, unifying parts of our shared experience in the Christian life. On this day, the Spirit connects us to the people in Ezra, in Ezra who are singing songs of praise and shouting to the heavens with joy. On this day, the Spirit invites us to emphasize with their excitement and their confidence, both which stem from seeing the foundation of their faith established anew in front of their very eyes. On this day, we remember the foundation of our faith established anew, Jesus Christ born in a manger and ready to turn the entire cosmos on its head out of the love he has for us. 
We know deep down that the joy of anticipating Jesus' coming brings with it the pain of anticipating Jesus' journey to the cross, not to mention his death on it. That pain is very real. That pain is very serious. That pain will fundamentally change each of our lives at some point. But that pain is not what we lean on when we tell our story of faith. That pain is not the last verse of our metaphorical canon. That pain is not more powerful than our joy, and it cannot steal our focus away from the future that God is laying the foundation for here and now. The king of Persia restores the people of Israel to their homeland and makes it possible for them to rebuild the center of their identity, the temple. But some people still remember the good old days and just can't seem can't seem to share in the community's joy. I have to admit, this is going to be an interesting Christmas. With what's going on in Jerusalem, in Gaza, Ukraine, and Russia, I think they say there are 31 wars going on in our world, it's hard to speak about joy and hope. We see it in our own lives. I mean, you think of some of you who've lived through the wars, whether it was Korean, Vietnam, or World War II. When the war ended, there was great joy for many. But for some, it was hard because they had either lost one of their children or somebody they knew in that war. There was hope that was there, and there was joy, but there also was sorrow. I think of our three churches of uh, Trinity and Deronda and Little Falls. For some, there is a lot of hope that comes with having us combining our work together. For some, it's just not the same where they got to worship in their building every Sunday, and now it's once every three Sundays. For some, it's hope and joy is the more people we have together can sing more and enjoy the singing. For others, it's just not the same. We think of our elections and how one side will be rejoicing very loud and another side will be moaning the fact, I don't know if this country will survive these people being in control. And recently we've had funerals. Two of them, they both speak of hope that we have, the resurrection, and there is joy in the singing. In fact, the song that Jim and Debbie sang, I've Got the Joy, Joy, was a song that Joyce, uh, we had at the close of her funeral, and spoke to the joy that we have, and yet also we mourned the loss of someone who had been so long and faithful in our church. So we get that mixed bag in our, our, our faith. And sometimes it seems like one kind of overwhelms the other. But I'd like us to, to think through again and to remember about what God is doing in and through us. I kind of smiled at uh, the words from the Genovan Psalter, and I'll put that together with another part, where it says, Print that image pure and holy on my heart, O Lord of grace, so that nothing, high or lowly, thy blessed likeness can efface. 
Let the clear inscription be, Jesus crucified for me, and the Lord of all creation be my refuge and salvation. Isn't that what we want, is that have Christ be molded into our hearts, the image of Christ. But what failures we so often turn out, we only, if only we would greatly care about what that image we bear. What kind of image do we show in a Christless world? We see the wars, we hear the different things, and where the weeping and the struggling, the loneliness and the hurts. What is it that we have to say? Much depends on uh, us, for we are the hands and feet of Christ. If we are poor images, there will be a poor response to our presentation of the gospel. Again, a little saying here, we are the only Bible the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message, given in word and deed. But what if that print is blurred? Many in our world will not have the joy of what it means to see and understand a God who loves us so much. Chuck Swindoll in his book talks about the God who cares for us and the God who is here. And that makes all the difference in the world, even as sometimes as that message does get blurred. God knows right down to the final nub exactly where you are in life. He sees, he cares, he is aware, and best of all, he is touched by it. The enemy of our soul wants you to think differently. God doesn't care. He's left you in this mess for so many months. How unfair. Those around you, those at work, your neighbors live like the devil and they're making it fine. And here you don't even have a job. You don't even have enough to cover the credit card bills. What kind of God is that? But we need to hear that he says, I know the pain of your heart. I know you feel overwhelmed and overloaded and pressed down, but believe me, I am not... I am touched with your situation and I have a plan. I am working out the details of your deliverance even now. Trust me. Or maybe you're dealing with some other things that deal with, is God really here? Does he really take time? And again, I think you know the verse from Lamentations where it speaks, Thy mercies are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Sometimes when we get caught every day, we forget the presence of God. His promises is the dawn itself. Every morning the Lord comes through with his encouraging message. We're still on speaking terms, you know. I'm here. I haven't moved. Let's get together today. Trust God to remember you. He won't forget your name. He won't forget your circumstances. And he certainly won't forget your prayers. Trust him. He 
remembers you. Aren't those good words for us and bring some joy into our life? From Psalm 34 and 5, anger lasts only a moment, or God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may tarry or stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. So Christmas, what a time for us to have. What a time for us to enjoy the fact that God comes. I remember a few years ago in the 60s, I guess quite a few years ago, there was a song Simon and Garfunkel sang. It was called Silent Night, which we all know. But as they sang it, it was the only, at the first verse, it was the only voices of Simon and Garfunkel singing. And then in the background, there was a newscast from the day uh, of that year. And it started getting louder and louder. And it talked about assassinations. It's talked about the war in Vietnam. It talked about the different things that were going on. And that got louder and louder. I think if I had done that song, and I think as people of faith, it would have been the opposite. We would have started with the newscast with all that bad news. And we would have moved into silent night as that got louder and louder as again we heard about the Christ child and a God who then came into our world. In Israel uh, today, uh, in Bethlehem, the one church there has as its manger scene the rubble all around and the baby Jesus laying in the rubble. Because you see, God knew what was going on in our world and he still came in the midst of that to bring us hope and a life. We can't lose that, that joy, that hope that holds us together. And it's not just in the big things, it's in everything that we do. Uh, in Live Today, Reuben K. Youngdahl shares the story about William Gladstone. He was writing an important speech that he was going to give to Parliament that day. And all of a sudden at the door stood a boy whose confidence and friendship the great Gladstone had earlier won by a chance good Samaritan deed. This boy spoke up and said, Mr. Gladstone, my brother is dying. Won't you please and come show, show him the way to heaven? Leaving his important work on the desk, Mr. Gladstone was soon at the bedside of the dying boy. He talked to him about the forgiving love of God and the peace and comfort that faith gives. On returning to his office, Gladstone wrote at the bottom of the speech he was preparing, I am the happiest man in London, England today. This great English statesman had been the humble and willing instrument that God needed to lead a small child to faith in God. Let's not spurn the little things in life. They are more valuable than we will ever know. Don't lose the joy of sharing this gospel, this hope, because in sharing it, there is real joy. And someday, we will get to see the results of that joy-filled sharing of good news of a God who came into this mess and loved us. 
a God who didn't let circumstances or evil overtake us, but who loved us to the end and gave himself for us. Isn't that joy? That's what makes Christmas what Christmas should be. I am not necessarily so happy with what's going on in our world today. It hurts. But this may be the most powerful Christmas I will have experienced in my 78 years of living. Because I have hope. This Christ child came for us. Prince of Peace in the midst of war. The resurrected one in the midst of death. The one who loves us even in our loneliness. We really do have God with us, Emmanuel. Amen.
Let's confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. In anticipation of the coming Messiah, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God of the nations, you worked through Cyrus to bring healing to your people in their work of rebuilding the temple. Continue to bring restoration to your world through those who might least expect. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. Inspire our leaders to work for the restoration of the communities they serve, that all might live fully in joyful interdependence. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. Equip and strengthen all who work in the medical profession, that their collaborative efforts might lead to restoration of health and the best outcomes for those they serve especially Vern Lee, Chuck Hutton, Ron Martinson, Joel Anderson, Chuck Bow, Lisa, Jim Curtis, Kelsey Zamuda, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Helen Erickson, Ron Wilson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Randy Goglin, Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lenz, Dean Muse, Jean Hoisington, Haylin Hoisington, Pete and Diane Fall, and the families of Laurel Flatten and Joyce Anderson. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. Sustain social workers and all those who work with vulnerable and oppressed populations so that they might continue to offer hope and help to those most in need without burning out. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. We lift all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, into your loving arms, trusting in your love and mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lord, listen to your children pray. Send us love, send us
As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit to be the power that moves us. We will now share communion together. And when the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as often as ye eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace and joy. Amen.
just look down from the sky and stay by my cradle the morning is nigh listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you.